When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. It's like I said, the Baltimore Ravens are to be taken seriously. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, somebody might have called them frauds the other day and maybe looked a little bit silly, but I'll tell you where I'm not looking silly, a lot of other places, and we will discuss. We are excited on this Monday. Joseph, good morning. Let me tell you something, you big, bald, beautiful son of a way to come through for me this weekend, my friend, way to come through for me. For those who don't know what we're talking about, I play in a contest out here in Las Vegas called Last Man Standing. There's a pro football version and a college football version. I have one entry left in the college football version. It's basically Survivor, but with point spreads. So you got to beat the spread. And if you do, you advance to the next week. The gimmick is you can use the same team over and over because it's a spread. It's very difficult. 3,300 people are in this college football contest. At this point, going into this past weekend, we were down to 53. And I was struggling with a pick. And I went with the big fellas. Advice, I sat down. I ran my problems by him. He gave me a suggestion. And that suggestion didn't just win. I didn't really have to sweat it, Carlin. I really didn't have to sweat it. And I thank you for that because I was coaching T-ball at the exact same time. So I couldn't whip my phone out of my pocket back and forth throughout the course of the morning. So thank you for that. Now, you have no claim to any of the 100,000. I want to make that very clear in advance (laughs) before you say anything. But we have advanced to the next week. So thank you very much. Listen. I do what I can to help. I am a team player. Yes. And and as you texted me last night when I asked you the name of the book that you and Mike McDaniel both read, okay, now we're even. We're even. We're (laughs) even. That that in-passing recommendation I threw out there, I remembered it. I sent it to you. We're square. I I couldn't be more, more satisfied with the result of that. There's no doubt. Let's roll. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. I think the Ravens are frauds. Oh, oh Ravens okay. are frauds. Easy. Lamar's going to keep it, has the first down, and glances into the end zone. I think the Ravens are frauds, and I think you're going to see that this weekend. Jackson rolling to his right, throwing. It's Mark Andrews. That is such bad mojo to talk like that. Don't put that out in the universe. Just handicap the game calmly and then move on. What's done is done. <laughs> Lions plus three. This game was ever competitive. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Joseph. That was an impressive performance yesterday from those Baltimore Ravens. And listen, why can't we get this every week? From the Ravens. That's what drives me insane about this. As we get rolling here, you know, so many times we watch them and they just give you absolute stinkers like they did in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago when they had no excuse for losing a football game when they had completely shut down the Steelers offensively and then all of a sudden you give up a massive play to George Pickens. You have absolutely no excuse when you lose to Gardner Minshew and the Colts at home earlier uh, late, late September. Just absolutely brutal 
to have those kinds of losses. And then yesterday, you come out and you put together drives of four minutes and five minutes and four minutes and three minutes on your first four drives of the day and you score four touchdowns and your defense shuts the door immediately and you blink and it's 28 nothing. Will the real Ravens please stand up? These are the real Ravens. These are absolutely the real Ravens. These are the Ravens you have seen for years. This is a very good football team. They're very well coached under John Harbaugh. They always have a very good defense. Offensively, they are capable of wowing you. They have a quarterback who just, he's so unique to watch play football. You never know when you're going to get one of those record-breaking performances. One of those, one of those efforts between rushing, passing, and everything in between in which, hey, guess what? Lamar Jackson became the first player in history, too. But the thing is, we didn't come into this season and we didn't go into the Lions game asking ourselves, are the Ravens any good? We know they're good. We know exactly who they are. We know what they're about. They're physical. They're competitive. But they're inconsistent. So when we come off yesterday's game, you're going to have people everywhere, given how high so many were on the, on the Lions, saying to themselves, this Baltimore team, they could go win the AFC. The thing is, they could. Of course they could. They could have done it two years ago. They could have done it three years ago. But to win the AFC, it's a minimum. A minimum of two wins in the postseason if you have the number one overall seed. You got two wins, you got to string together. Most likely, you're going to need three. And that's where the Ravens get tripped up consistency. It has always been their problem. As we talk today about how brilliant they were yesterday, go back to week one against Houston. They won that game, but Lamar Jackson looked terrible. Go to week three against Indianapolis. They lose 22 to 19. They let that game get away from them. Go back to week five against Pittsburgh. They lose 17 to 10 to the Steelers. As good as the Ravens can look week to week, they can also look very bad at times in head scratching spots. When you're talking about winning a Super Bowl and running through the postseason against elite competition, you got to string together good performances every single week. That is where they have come up short. They, to me, and I hate to do this to all the great people of Baltimore. They are the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL. They can crush the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs and you get to that second round where you get up against the true elite contenders, that's where it starts to come unglued. Well, here's the thing for Baltimore in my mind. There's no excuse now. There's no excuse here moving forward because I don't know that I've ever seen a stretch that has been set up more perfectly for an NFL team at the right time of year as this has been set up for the Baltimore Ravens. You go to Arizona this week, and Joe, I'm going to look at that very much like I looked at the Lions-Panthers earlier this year. Hey, come out after a after a, a big, big win or a bad loss and just beat the daylights out of somebody. You know, emotionally respond against a team that should not give you a whole lot of emotion to work with. But then after that, you got three games in a row at home with Seattle, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. And then this nugget today, and admittedly picked it up from, from Peter King's column, Football Morning in America. Do you know that after that Cincinnati game, the Baltimore Ravens will play exactly two games in a month. They will play two games in 30 days. How is that the- even possible? Hey, think about this. So they play Thursday night, November 16th, right? Cincinnati, that, home against, against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. At home. And then they don't play until the 26th, the following Sunday, then a bye week. 
and then they play the 10th. So they go on the road to the Chargers on the 26th. Then they play on the 10th against the Rams at home, and then they got five or six more days off before their next game. Think about all that rest that they get at that juncture of the season. What an incredible advantage. So that, to me, creates absolutely no excuses for the Ravens not only to win the division, but to be very set, set up very nicely for the end of this year going into the postseason. I hate and, to do this to you, but there's a slight problem with your calculation. How's that? On the 26th, you said they're at the Chargers. That's not that's not really a game. They're just going to L.A. for vacation. They'll be oh, back. I'm you don't sorry. need to count My that bad. one. My bad. <laughs> I hey, if you get a chance to take Santa a shot Monica. at the Chargers, you take the shot, okay? That's the rule on this show. <laughs> that's fair. That's an excellent point and a that's very a fair rule, and they deserve Great stretch it. for the Ravens, though. Great stretch. So as you get ready to go into the push in late December, where Harbaugh, notoriously, if I'm remembering correctly, has been very, very good in late-season scenarios, you're going to have this spot where you're going to be as rested and refreshed as you can be for the push, which, let's be honest, as a two-loss team right now, given the state of the AFC, that could be the push for the one seed right there. That's the type of thing that could swing the the pendulum in the Ravens' favor given the issues they've had in recent years because if you remember Lamar in the postseason, year one, he loses at home to the Chargers. You can wipe that one out. That, that was his first season as a starter. He had only, what, six, seven games under his belt at that point? That's okay. Then later, I believe he gets into the postseason and they get knocked out by the Titans. Then they had some redemption against the Titans the following year, but then went and lost to Buffalo the next week where they didn't score any points in the cold. He's got one playoff win. Yeah. One playoff win under his belt, and they were in the postseason last year but lost that game to Cincinnati. He, of course, was injured and missed it. So, I I mean, maybe that's the path for the Ravens. You've got to be the one seed because then the, the AFC runs through Baltimore, and you're only talking about winning two games to get to the Super Bowl because I don't know how they do it, Carlin. I just don't know how they string together Three, and if we're talking about a Super Bowl, four potential games against very good teams where they don't have the letdown. The Steeler game was gross. People are going to be caught up in recency bias here looking at what they did to the Lions. You can go back to that Steeler game a few weeks ago. That was a team no one would have picked to make a deep run in the AFC. Well, let's talk about the Lions for a second. No, 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 Uh, no, no, no. no. Hang on. Let's let Dan Campbell talk about the Lions for a second. Those guys, they they played well. They kicked their and uh, it's a credit to them. Lamar beat us. He hammered us with his arm, you know. He, he threw the ball extremely well. He ran when he needed to, and we did not handle it well, you know. Our, our energy was good, which is crazy. You come out of a game like that and you look at the score. Our energy was good, but our detail and discipline, which has been so good over the last four or five weeks, was not good enough. So self-induced, that was a combination of a lot of different – a lot of different things, you know, and just like we win as a team, we lose as a team, and that was that was one of those. Joe, you've heard the phrase, you need to win by playing complementary football. What the, what the Ravens forced the Lions into yesterday, how the Lions played, that was insultory football. <laughs> that was an absolute embarrassment. That's good. From pillar to post through the first half of that game think about this for a second on the first seven drives between these two teams baltimore goes and scores four touchdowns the the lions on the other side go three and out on their three drives and you blink and late in the second quarter it is 28 to nothing it is good night that was 
as bad a level of football on both sides as you can possibly play without turning the ball over. And that's amazing to me that the Detroit Lions were, as Dan Campbell said, getting their ass kicked. Yeah, you'd figure in a game like that, you'd have five or six turnovers. Um, It's easy to pile on the Lions today. I would just say that uh, I, I don't. I think they'll learn from this. I think they'll grow from this. This isn't going to get anyone all fired up on radio, which is what a lot of this is designed to do. But I think in the long term, they'll be better off for it. This is a team trending in the right direction. Year one under Dan Campbell, you go three, 13 and one. You're absolute bottom of the barrel. Year two, you come back and you go nine and eight. You show great progress. Right now, you're five and two. You're playing good football. That was your third road game in four weeks. It's it's a very good opponent. It's a non-conference opponent. It got away from you early, and then it snowballed on you. Let's see how you bounce back. But ultimately, the Lions are still in their developmental phase, okay? They're not the Chiefs. They're not the Bills. They're not the Bengals. They're not the Eagles or the Niners, a team that's been around for a while that understands this stuff. They're still learning, and they're getting better in the process. So you chalk this one up. You realize it's going to be a learning experience. If Campbell and the Lions do this the right way, that will be a good learning experience for them, and then they'll be able to move forward. But I'm still very happy with what he's done this season. I think it's a strong football team. I still have them number three in the NFC. Not a whole lot yesterday changed my opinion on the Lions. Yeah, but it's also why, for those who were putting them up top of the NFC, they right. needed to slow their roll a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? There was no reason to think that they were on the same level as the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. And yesterday they showed you that. I totally agree with the premise that this now does not wipe away everything that the Lions have done this year. It was a bad week in an epic way and now you get a chance to cleanse the palate if you will with the raiders on monday night football nothing better to do that right like a good old saltine (laughs) it'll go down smooth be a part of carlin versus joe nation we want you to do it because you're the most important part of it on the dr pepper call in line 888-ESPN-888-729-3776 ESPN nation is presented by dr pepper it is not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the one fans deserve we are just getting rolling carlin versus joe on this monday on espn radio and it's probably appropriate that ron rivera might be the first coach sacked this season we'll explain why next espn radio sirius xm channel 80 this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Howell back, under pressure, avoids the sack, spins away, throws left, and the pass is complete. Intended for Dotson. Isaiah Simmons got pressure on the quarterback, forcing a bad throw, and the Giants stop Washington on fourth and five with 56 seconds left. Woof. Woof. That was a dog of a game, and it was particularly bad if you are a Washington Commanders fan. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. And you might think, well, you know, we had Sunday Night Football. Why are you getting to this game right now? Because of Jonathan Allen and what Jonathan Allen had to say after the game. These words will speak for themselves in reference to his career now in Washington and what he had to say yesterday. They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that Yes, it does. I'm f***ing tired of this I'm tired of this bullshit. It's been seven years of the same shit. Tired of this What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play Philadelphia. Uh, did I count eight beeps? I think there were eight beeps in there. That and I, have, about I right. find it hard to believe that that's all he had to say after that game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. The commanders are a complete mess. They cannot protect the quarterback to save their lives. Sam Howell is basically spending the entire game on his back. Jonathan Allen's not wrong. You watch a talent like that guy as an interior defensive lineman, who I think has been one of the more underrated players in the league for a while now. And you hear that frustration. You see what Ron Rivera is doing as a coach, which is just not, frankly, enough. They're not doing enough offensively. Maybe Eric Bieniemy is going to get a look down the stretch of the season. But i got to believe Rivera is going to be out relatively soon because you've got a new owner in place. I don't know if it's going to happen during the year, Joe. But the the commander situation seems untenable all the way around and frankly i don't blame jonathan allen for that because there was renewed hope after a new owner came in there's been nothing to be hopeful about the problem for rivera is that he doesn't really have them moving in a positive direction and on top of that they don't really have much of an identity in terms of who they want to be and where they're going to go. It doesn't feel like there's much of a plan. And that ultimately is going to doom you as a head coach when you've been given this long. You know, people are talking about McDaniels with the Raiders. All right, it's year two. This is year four of Ron Rivera in Washington. They're 3-13 and 13 the year before he takes over. He comes in, they go 7-9, and nine, but they do get to the playoffs because the NFC East was a disaster that season. So mm-hmm. they go in, they lose to Brady's Buccaneers, they play him competitively, and then people are thinking, all right, all right, Riverboat Ron's got this thing moving in the right direction. They come back after that season, they go 7-10. and 10. So you're thinking to yourself, all right, a bit of a step back, but not terrible. Let's see where we go in year three. 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. And that season, if you go through, they beat up on some bad teams and lost a lot of key games. They, there were a lot of backup quarterbacks they were beating up on. And now this year, here you are, same old story, hovering around or below 500. You're three and four, minus 50 point differential. Let's ask the key questions. You're a defensive-minded guy. Is your defense any good? Nope. 
29th in scoring defense this season. The Bears hung a huge number on you. So right there, your defense isn't any good. And you got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Do you have a quarterback in the future? Sam Howell? I don't know. Maybe. But you're probably not going to be around to figure that part out. And then offensively, are, are you elite? Are you above average? Not really. You just scored seven against the Giants. So all the way around, it's pretty much a failure. There's not a lot of reason for hope. It doesn't look like you're moving in the right direction. If you're going to make the change, you got to get rid of Rivera before the end of the season. See what the enemy can do with the locker room. See if he can rally the troops. See if he can find a way to win some games. And then maybe he's your guy. Give him an audition. That's the whole point of why you brought him in to begin with. Give him the audition. And then when you hit the offseason, either he's your guy or maybe you're making a move for a guy like Jim Harbaugh or whoever else it might be that's out there. I, I get that the offensive line is not great, okay? The fewest amount of times that Sam Howell has been sacked in a game this season is four. That's the fewest? The fewest. The fewest. Do you realize that Sam Howell has been sacked five times or more in every other game this season? I don't think that's good. Yeah. Last that's time just I checked, my take I, on it. I'm not a protection expert in the league by any stretch. <laughs> Gonna strike me that's not a good number. So, listen, I don't know if Howell's the guy either. I don't know how you can find out. When you can't keep the guy upright at all, and that to me, I mean, doesn't that speak a little bit to be enemy too? I mean, we're not figuring some things out to give yourself more of a chance. I get it. You can point to your personnel and say, this is what I have to work with. I always go back to the same thing. When you are in a position like this, you have to ask your guys to do what they do well and not what they don't do well. And it strikes me that what's going on with that Washington offense and that offensive line is they are being put into positions to do things that they don't do well. And it it, it sounds kind of simple, but it, it may not be just that simple. All I'm asking is to improve the situation a little bit. The dude's been sacked 40 times this year. 40 times in seven games. That's absurd. And when you talk about protection issues in Washington, never forget that a future future Hall of Famer at left tackle in Trent Williams was on your roster. Yeah. And you were such a bad organization. You were such an embarrassment of a franchise in general. He sat out the entire 2019 season eventually was traded to the Niners where he has been to three consecutive Pro Bowls and been named all pro each of the last two years. You had a guy like that in the building, but you were, and this isn't on Rivera, but you were so dysfunctional at the time, he couldn't wait to get out. He actually sat out an entire year. How often do you hear about that? Him and what? Le'Veon Bell? That's it. Ugh, God, it's painful. Carlin versus Joe, literally, for Sam Howell, it's painful. Yeah, Carlin yeah. versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN is the Dr. Pepper call-in number, 888-729-3776. Up next, Commanders have the Eagles. Philly coming off a derailing of the Dolphins. I'm going to tell you why that should be very, very concerning. Next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Fakes, hurts, fires, and it goes to Goddard, who's at the 10, the 5, touchdown, Dallas Goddard. Hurts in the gun, hurts back pedals, he pumps, he looks, he fires, he completes it, breaking away, running into the end zone, A.J. Brown, the Eagles take the lead. He's a grown man. Nobody catches the ball pretty as A.J. Brown. Nobody. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I practice. Like, I, I'm just an all good uh, wide receiver. Well, we saw it again. The Miami Dolphins play a good team. The Miami Dolphins lose. They are 5-0 and against teams that are under 500. They are 0-2 against teams that are winning teams. So are they simply frontrunners? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, Joseph, I look at the Miami Dolphins, and I... Absolutely love their offense. There's nothing not to love. It's great to watch when it is clicking. But it is not an unstoppable offense. It is, you know, they put 70 up one game, and that makes it look so much more impressive than it actually is. It's very, very good. It's probably the best offense in the league. But I'm not going to go nuts here when consistently, well, twice now, they have lost against teams that are just a little bit better. And when that's the case, I, I think that you look at the Dolphins and you you just think that you can't – it's not that I can't take them fully seriously. They're a serious team, but I don't know how seriously I can 
take them as far as the Chiefs and company in terms of winning the AFC until I see they step up their competition against good teams. Well, the good news for you is you're not going to be forced to make that determination right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can sit back and evaluate. What we know about Miami is that they're a lot of fun to watch and they are a good football team. There's a lot of talent on that team. The head coach is very innovative. He's, he's taken to a tongue of Iowa's career to another level. The offense can score from all over the field. The defense has some question marks, but they are dealing with some injuries, but ultimately this is a good football team. But there's a great comparison that can be drawn between them and a team in college football that I think they're identical to, and that's the USC Trojans. Like right now, Miami is the pro version of USC. You're a schoolyard bully. You can go pick on the weaker kids and the smaller kids, and you can make it look really impressive. Miami blowing out Carolina, blowing out the Denver Broncos, putting the hammer down on the New York Giants. Good, good. All right, big deal. You went out, you handled your business in those games, and you made it look very flashy. And USC does similar things. They beat up on the Arizona States and the San Jose States and the Colorados of the world. But then eventually the schoolyard bully runs into someone who's on his same level or might be a level ahead. And you're going to find out what you're made of on the big stage. And for USC, they've already played a couple games against good opponents. They went to Notre Dame and they got the doors blown off them. And then they hosted Utah, another very physical team that popped them in the mouth and beat them on Saturday. That's who USC is. And right now, that's who Miami's trending towards. Because we've asked Miami to step up in two spots this year, at Buffalo and at Philadelphia. And in both those games, your offense didn't do anything. You scored 20 against the Bills, big whoop. New England just hung 29 on him, if I'm not mistaken. And when it came to Philly, you scored 10 last night. Because of those 17, 7 was a pick 6. So 10 points in Philadelphia. You're a good team. You're not a great team. You're a schoolyard bully. You're the pro version of USC. So when we look at the Dolphins, as far as where they are in the AFC now, how is that affected? Because for me, when you are that team and you have been proven to be that team, until you show me otherwise, why would I think anything else for you? I mean, they've got New England, and then they play Kansas City. I think that game's in Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, the Germans. Yeah. That'll be a game. Yes. That'll be a game for you. That's, that's, an, that's an important one because, and I'm going to give Miami a little bit of credit here, their big measuring stick games have all taken place on the road this season. So mm-hmm. it would be nice if they had an opportunity to welcome in one of the better teams so they could have some home field advantage. The Kansas City game being on a neutral in a couple weeks, that's another measuring stick game. Let's see what you do when you're not going into the opponent's venue. On top of that, we're going to see a couple more maybe, and they're at the end of the year. Uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, you're going to host the Dallas Cowboys. That's a pretty solid game. And then the next week, New Year's Eve in Baltimore against the Ravens. That's another measuring stick game right there. But by and large, the Dolphins' schedule isn't filled with elite competition. It just isn't. They've had two opportunities to show us that they belong. They haven't fared well in either. They're a good team. They're a playoff team. you got to respect them, but you don't fear them right now. You most certainly do not fear them. Uh, quick side note. Why can't we flex out a bad game to replace that good game? Because I don't feel like watching that game at 9.30 a.m., and I'm sure you don't feel like watching that game at 6.30 a.m. That's, uh, it, well, I mean, flexing out a German, the, the German game? I, that, yes, I, I can't I, imagine I, listen, a bigger logistical nightmare Have for the, the Germans done enough to deserve Dolphins against the Chiefs? 
in terms is, of the uh, NFL. What is this? The second German game? I feel like we sent the Bucks over there for a game last year. Yes, Brady. but I mean, like, I, I, I don't think it's been a, a big enough market at this point that we, we really should be. Can't we send the Commanders over there? I mean, honestly, we just talked about. It. Well, this I mean, is, if you let's want, just explain the sport first. And part of explaining the sport is sending a team that doesn't play it well and yeah. showing this is what not to do. So when we eventually start sending teams to Brazil, it's going to be like, all right, look, Brazil, here's how this works. Yes. We're going to throw something out there, and it's going to be all about what not to do. This is called um, – <laughs> we're going to call this Colts-Texans. Yes. You're going to watch this game, and that's, you know, that's unfair for both those teams. I should have come up with a better example because both are playing They're both well a little season. bit better than that. They you are. Know? Yeah, they are. I could have I, I easily mean, used it. We're going to send you the Chargers. You're going to get some points. Uh, mathematically, the game won't make a lot of sense to you, but don't worry about that. And then once you've passed the Charger test, you'll be ready for teams like the Chiefs and the Dolphins and things of that nature. But here's the thing. like <laughs> that That's week nine. Uh, do I have – I can't send the Bears in New Orleans over there? I mean, they're playing, they're playing in New Orleans at, at 1 o'clock Eastern time. That That's perfectly suited for 9.30. Perfectly suited for the game that I forgot was happening that morning. Perfect. That's, 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 you know, that's what you do. You send Bears Saints over to a foreign country and you say, look, you sell this out and you make this look good. Yeah. We'll give you a real game next. Hey. We'll, we'll give you a real one next. Look, here comes Minnesota. <laughs> they're the Vikings. Interesting, right? Nordic, they're taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Perfect for you. I mean, I know that they saw the Falcons already overseas, but you know what? They're big in Belgium. Maybe they'll travel over there. It's a regal bird. Who doesn't love a falcon soaring (laughs) through the air? Now, this team doesn't do a whole lot of passing, so it's a bit (laughs) ironic, but just try to get past all that as the head coach doesn't tell you about the starting running back's illness, screwing fantasy owners and prop bettors all around the world. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Here's the lesson, Miami. Play well against a good team, and we'll take you seriously. Until then, stop pounding your chest. In moments, we continue because we've got so, so much more to get to, including a little bit of breaking news regarding some Monday night football that you're going to want to hear about next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage, to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. They're not going to catch him. McCaffrey takes it to the house. 
the most complete back in football. It's just a matchup nightmare. Who's the best running back in the game? I am. Gonna sit here and give MVP talk, but Chris McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the entire league. There's very little argument to any of that. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. My friends, check it out. At progressive.com. Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news. And Mr. McCaffrey Joseph, who was questionable officially with his oblique injury, according to Adam Schefter, will play tonight. Monday Night Football, San Francisco taking on Minnesota. Now, just for those who were unaware, Debo Samuel is going to be out tonight. Trent Williams doubtful tonight with his uh, ankle injury. So they've got injuries across the board, a couple other places, Jawan Jennings, uh, some other places. But, Joe, uh, that is big news that McCaffrey, with his oblique injury, is going to be able to go tonight for San Francisco. Yes, it is. Niners sitting around seven-point favorites. That's where it opened last week. It did dip to six-and-a-half, so there was some Minnesota money at some point. I know some smart guys out there who are leaning to Minnesota. I haven't heard about any huge bets on the Vikings, and the line did come back up to seven late last night. The total's the interesting one. If you're looking for a play here, and we'll have more later today, but I'll give one out now. I'd look to play the under. It's sitting around 43-and-a-half, open 45. Think about... Minnesota scoring 19 at Chicago last week. No Justin Jefferson. Now, that was a Bears team that in 15 previous games had given up more than 19 points. That was the lowest total someone recorded against the Bears in a 16-game stretch. That's how bad Minnesota's offense was in that game. Okay? Conversely, San Francisco on the road. Crowd noise. McCaffrey dinged up. Possibly no Trent Williams. No Debo. Feels like a lower-scoring game to me. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Hey, uh, Joe, I don't know if you saw if the news made it to Vegas yet. Denver won a game. How about those Broncos? How about them? Yes, we can. They're two (laughs) and five now. We're on the way back. Yet, for some reason, Sean Payton, a little bit cranky after the win. This team, Coach, had a weird style where they had blown 10 halftime leads. Only three of those. Oh. Your team, the Broncos, had had 10 straight halftime leads. Blown well, my team three this blown year. 10 straight. Right, your three this year, but how much does well, you it You said mean? your team. Uh, so the, let's start and the, say the, the Broncos, Broncos had, historically. Yeah, yeah. Broncos I don't pay attention to that. Had blown that. I don't pay attention to that. How much does it mean? I don't to, pay attention to it. To, no, to see you get over the hump in the second half. It wasn't our hump. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, I, it wasn't our hump. Yeah, I don't think you actually are saying it respectfully. Not my <laughs> problem. The losers before me were the ones who were responsible. That's what you're saying. But in actuality, Sean, three of those do belong to you. And this is what I don't get. Why is Sean Payton that cranky after winning a game at home with as bad as things have been this year? Joe, I'm really starting to wonder if Sean Payton is long for this job. And we talked about the idea of Russell Wilson not being long for Denver. When you hear comments like that, that sounds like an angry dude. Or it sounds like maybe a dude that's trying to get himself cut loose and get paid off in the end. I mean, that's just... It's a silly, idiotic response to a question that was somewhat innocuous. 
Yeah, but if you're Peyton, you're really used to getting treated a certain way. You were royalty in New Orleans. Like the way the Saints fans treat the Saints, members of the Saints, coaching staff of the Saints, you're treated like gods down there. That team means the world to those people because they've all been through so much together. You go back to Katrina and everything in between. It's, it's not just a football team. It, it's just woven into the fabric of who those people are and what they're about. And the Saints have done an excellent job of representing them. And they delivered that Super Bowl. And they can delivered consistent performances in the NFC. Playoff berths, right? Like, the people are very proud of their team. But as a result, you're treated like royalty down there. It's not like the media ever went after Sean Payton all that hardcore down there. And there were a lot of reasons to. You know, he was the head of the organization during Bounty Gate. That's a bad look. Greg Williams took the fall, but that's Sean Payton's team. You know, there was the issue with the pain medication and some of the other things that have happened down there. Where in other cities, you may be grilled a little bit harder about things, especially how it went towards the end in the final years of Drew Brees, when everyone knew in that playoff game, Jameis Winston should have been subbed in against the Bucs. Peyton was, was treated like royalty. They didn't come after him. And now in Denver, he's learning the hard way. You haven't done anything for those people. You haven't done anything for that organization. They're paying you a ton of money. They expect results and they're not getting them. So they're not going to sit there and cater to you and the legacy you bring to the table courtesy of New Orleans because that means nothing to them. As a result, they're going to come at you a little bit more aggressively. And as a result for you, you have one of two options. You can either realize that and handle it accordingly or you can start to get upset because you're used to a certain style of treatment. You're not going to get that in Denver until you start winning. Those are just the facts. So it's not really a surprise to hear that right after winning a game, Someone had a question about something that wasn't catering to Peyton, and Peyton didn't handle it well. Yeah, but Joe, he should know that by now. Like, we've, we've already been through enough of stupid drama with Sean Peyton this season to not already know that's it, that this ain't New Orleans anymore. You are not, you know, King, you know what. You are the guy that is in the job that just got paid an absolute fortune to come here and fix this. So we just won a game. And you're automatically removing yourself from any wrongdoing, from any identifying factor with the city, right? It was, that was, you know what that was? That was Jack Parkman, as you always put it. (laughs) That was Jack Parkman. That was absolutely Jack Parkman. I'm the only winner on the team. The rest of them are losers, either by choice or by birth. That's what he just said to you, Denver. <laughs> Basically, you losers are not my problem before I got here. Well, you blew a 9 nothing lead yesterday, too, by the way. I mean, Sean, you got to get back and get a clue here as to what's going on. Because it doesn't feel... Uh, Joe, unless you're trying to get fired, which it's early for that to be the case, right? He, I, I don't doubt that there have been moments here where Sean Payton is saying to himself, what did I do? by coming to this situation with this quarterback and this team and comments that I make that are, you know, what I think are somewhat off the record, get blown up into making everything look bad. But all it is is saying is that I'm a winner. Anything that happened before me here, losers. That's what happened. Pretty much. 
The Parkman line's an all-timer. Glad we were able to work that into this show. You always know you're having a good show if the Jack Parkman line works its way in. Um, Absolutely. Because it's like an all-time insult. Plus, the way he says it, people forget he's smoking a cigarette that he throws on the ground and puts <laughs> with a out a black leather like jacket. <laughs> $800 loafer, gets into a sports car with his model girlfriend and peels off. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. In that like scenario. Sean Payton could have done that as he just made that comment and then walked out. Yeah, he could have. He absolutely <laughs> could have. But I do think it just comes back to the fact that when he took this job, he was out of the league over a year. I think he felt that he was going to be this knight in shining armor that came into Denver Big contract, here to save the day. Forget about everything that just happened. We're going to be restored to prominence. Everything's heading in the right direction. And he may have early on bit off more than he could chew. You know, this is a rebuild right here. I don't know if he thought it was going to be a rebuild or if he thought he was going to be treated differently or given more patience, but it's not happening. What you did in New Orleans means nothing to the people of Denver. They expect results now. They know exactly what your contract looks like. You are expected to perform, and you're struggling. And that's okay. A lot of people expected that. But how you handle the struggle is how people are going to ultimately remember you. Are you going to be someone that's able to move through it, that's able to stay calm, that's able to lead from the front, or are you going to get upset, mad, and lose your composure? Because losing your composure, that's not what leadership's about, right? Throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus uh, in this commentary and then back in the offseason, that's not what leadership's about. He's off to a rocky start. The organization's off to a rocky start. There's time to turn it around. But it's, it's not – I don't think this is what Denver thought they were signing up for here. I thought they'd get more leadership. I think they were expecting more leadership from the front, more of that New Orleans experience leading this organization through tough times rather than succumbing to those tough times. You know what it says to me? What did we all say about Sean Payton last year and what job he wanted? He wanted the Chargers job. He wanted the Chargers job. I think this still says to me that he's annoyed he didn't get end up with the Chargers and Los Angeles, that they didn't fire Brandon Staley and bring him in to work with Justin Herbert because he'd be feeling a whole lot different if he was in the sun all the time out in Southern California working with an incredibly talented quarterback who, by the way, now has problems of his own that we will get to. Uh, Sean Payton starting to make me feel like he wants out. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.